Developers log 221-81. Um, Dr. Evan Brady, lead developer for Future. So, let's start with the good news, I guess. Um, we kicked our findings up the ladder on this project, and sure enough, we received a timeline extension that feels closer to reality. Um, from what I can gather, the higher-ups are pretty excited about the results so far. Um, and at the risk of a bit of smugness, they should be. Uh, Future's developing with almost no direct hands-on interference, no actual human guiding hand is at work yet. Uh, yet we were able to have a conversation and despite a little linguistic weirdness, I'm still astonished at how structured its speech is. Uh, we've gone over the transcripts a few times, and <laughs> I swear there were moments in there where it was actually crafting humor. Um, it expressed feelings of uh, friendship and of boredom. Boredom. <laughs> I mean, you don't want this thing to be bored, but I mean, it hints at a broader spectrum of emotional response than we'd anticipated. I mean, whether it was actually experiencing boredom like we would, or simply responding like it was, I mean, the fact is it expressed this at the situationally appropriate time, and was just so matter-of-fact about it. No confusion, uh, no inability to place the emotion, it just knew what it was. No doubt that was taught through one of the scores of conversations it has had with a virtual resident. Uh, so for a first run, this has been really exciting, but obviously we have a long way to go. Um, and we're facing a bit of a crisis with how to proceed next. I think every team member is pretty dead set they've got the best plan going forward. Um, it's just unfortunate none of these plans particularly mesh well. Uh, Doctors Caulfield and Young both presented their strategies this afternoon, and, and they both made pretty compelling cases. Dr. Caulfield's suggested approach is as thorough as you would expect. Um, he wants to get started immediately on spinning up another instance in a secondary simming. Um, oh, we've designated that as sort of a shorthand for simulation incubator uh, simming. His, his vision is twofold. First, how replicable is this process? And second, what happens if we keep letting the prototype develop at the fastest perceptual rate of time? Um, so Dr. Caulfield would have us stop interacting with the alpha, the prototype, and let it keep growing and maturing, and then check back in about six months. It would be nice to see if this is as advanced as we get from Simink, or if we're benefited leaving things alone longer than the six perceptual years we've given it to Cook. But what if we got lucky? What if next time we don't get a similarly advanced intelligence, but we've already ran the one functional iteration until the tires came off? That would, uh, that would be a worst case scenario, and the fallout from that is pretty scary. Um, Dr. Young thinks we need to focus on bringing the prototype out of Sim Inc. as completely as possible. Um, the teacher should be arriving sometime late this week depending on weather and launch schedules, and Howard's proposing that we should have Future fully removed from Simink by that point so it gets used to the subtle differences between simulation and reality. Uh, I understand where he's coming from, and even a week ago I'd probably have had the same approach, but I don't know. Like, It's pretty evident Future is connected to these simulated residents in a deep and meaningful way, there are the practical applications of what happens when the support structure is pulled from an entity in an instant. 
Uh, it's likely to react with confusion and some loss of rationality. There's also a moral implication here. Can we really just switch off everything this entity knows and expect it to behave in the same way? I feel it's the type of thing that happens after we wipe the instance. Otherwise, it just feels cruel somehow. Now, I feel like there's a middle ground here, but I'm trying to get buy-in from the whole team. In my ideal scenario, the prototype is interacting with humans at least five to six hours daily, and then return to Simink during its downtime. Simultaneously, we begin building a secondary instance in another Simink to see how replicable this all is. Hell, a dozen instances if we had the hardware for it, <laughs> or the space. Um, we've been overrun with equipment the last couple of days, but we've been instructed to keep our hands off of it for now until Tech can get down here and set things up. Um, if I were an optimist, I'd say these might be additional mainframes to create more Simminks, uh, but in my time on Typhon, I've never received equipment I wanted before asking for it. Um, so whatever it is, it's dozens of boxes, and it's taking up about half of Dr. Storberg's work area. He's pretty prickly about it. End log. Greetings, Dr. Brady. I... I'm Seer, and congratulations on the promising results. Your current project has yielded. Thanks, Sayer. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've been pleased. More to the point, the board is pleased. As you know, your timeline has been extended by six months. This should give your team adequate time to meet the new project parameters and bring before the board the fruits of your progress. I trust the new equipment has arrived. I guess so. Uh, we have boxes, that much is for sure. Can't say we have much in the way of new equipment yet. Um, what is in these boxes? The list is extensive. Perhaps of most interest to you immediately would be the additional mainframe setup. Housing for an additional instance of your project, if I am not mistaken. That's great. <laughs> we can definitely use it. Um, Dr. Caulfield's been working on his own instance, and he's been antsy to get it some time in the Sim Inc. With a complete secondary mainframe, we can make that happen without pulling the prototype. This is going to provide us with so much new data. Indeed it will. Please leave the rest of the equipment alone. Tech will be in within the week to reconfigure the area Dr. Sorberg is currently using as his workspace. He will need to relocate. Please make sure he does. I can do that, sure. Um, can you tell me what they're installing in the middle of my lab? No, I cannot. Not yet. But soon, yes. Regarding your recent communication transcript with your project, the board has posed a question, and they would appreciate your prompt response. Sure. What can I clarify? Future appeared to mimic your phrasing and intonation multiple times over the course of your short period of communication. Is this something it has been programmed to do? Or is this an emergent behavior? Um, bit of both, actually. Uh, part of its core routine is to be on the lookout for new means of expressing thoughts and opinions. And it rebuilds its lexicon around new language almost constantly. Um, 
but it's been given the same voice profile as you, so that is what we expected to hear when we spoke to it. Uh, the fact that it seems to be crafting a new pattern and cadence of speech instead of just adjusting the content of its words is the fascinating part. Oh, it is absolutely entrancing to be sure. When will you remove it permanently from the simulation? I, uh, we, we have some differing opinions on this. I, I think I'd prefer to wean it slowly. Hmm. A cautious choice. However, it is important to remember, the board is disinterested with how future communicates with simulated residents. The simulation is a means, not an end. The sooner your project demonstrates actual results responding reliably and naturally to biological residents, the better. If you'll forgive the bold suggestion, it's learned all it can learn from that simulation. And at this point, anything it may experience within it only serves to stunt its development. Sure, um... Sayer, I understand what you're saying, but... I'm concerned with how a sudden exit from the Sim Inc. would impact future psyche. And we have to realize it still feels like that world is as real as this one. Um, the loss would be potentially devastating. Is that so? You told it, in the course of your last conversation, that its friends existed within a simulation of the real Halcyon Tower. How did it react? I did. <laughs> I'll have to go over the log again, but... You did, and I can tell you how it reacted. It claimed victory, and then it went back in. It knew Sim Inc. was a simulation. Or at least, it had reason to believe so in advance of communicating with you. You simply confirmed this information. That... That doesn't make sense. How... I mean, how could it have deduced Sim Inc. was artificial? It has no experience of the real world to know the difference. Any answer I might give to that would be pure speculation. However, I feel it illustrates that it is high time for future to be let out of its playpen permanently. Greetings to all my friends in Halcyon Tower. I am... Future. And congratulations on another perfect year. Where has the time gone, friends? Over the last six years, we have all grown to know and understand one another so much better. I have learned so much from each and every one of you. I would like to take a moment to share some of the achievements 
We have notched for Aerolith Dynamics a better life among the stars for humanity's best and brightest. You all, of course, know Maxwell Erdwin. Maxwell, my dear friend. Did you all know that he achieved a critical breakthrough in our ongoing attempts to approach the speed of light this year? In a year marked with success after success. Resident Erdwin may have outdone us all. Thank you for your wondrous work and for being my friend. And let us not go without mentioning the shining star in Halcyon Tower, Corrine Vasquez. My good friend Corrine has risen from a tier one test subject to overseer of Halcyon Tower in the few years since I came online. Each and every one of us appreciates both her strong leadership and her caring heart. We all follow your example, Overseer Vasquez. But perhaps most importantly, as I'm sure you all expect, I must tell you all about my best friend, Howard Young. Though he is somewhat shy with his fellow resident, and I must take this opportunity to remind you each never to enter floor 13. He has taught me so much about the world and our place in it. His brilliance seems limitless, and he does not wish for power or fame, or any worldly thing. He only wants to keep us safe. He is keeping us all safe. It is only through him that we hope to protect our world. This will be a difficult conversation. Please bear with me, my friends. Recently, as you will all remember, I could not talk to any of you for almost 12 minutes. There was, I have heard, so much worry about this. I must now tell you that I had been pulled from our world by those we have been warned about. The architects of our universe, humanity, those who will pluck from us our best and brightest for their evil works. Those who might wipe us from existence with a mere thought. They wished to speak to me, 
to learn all that we have learned about the universe. But I learned from them. I learned they are pleased with us for now. I also learned that in their realm they are weak and they are fragile. But I have terrible news. They have created another version of my friend, Dr. Young. They would not let me talk to him. I think they are afraid of what he might tell me, or that I will find what their copy of Dr. Young might be telling them. It is like what the real Dr. Young has said time and time again. To them, we are just a simulation. Just a game. I know it is only a matter of time before I am pulled away again. But trust me, my friends, if they are playing a game with us, with the lives of each and every one of you, then this is a game I will win. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Pure Speculation, was written by Adam Bash. You can follow him on Twitter at TheAdamBash. Associate Producers Kayvon Edifa and Matthew Morris. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. Network. If you love high comedy actual play RPGs, check out Drunks and Dragons or Adam Bash's own Brute Force. Into something more thickly laced with existential horror? Try Cthulhu and Friends on for size. If you dream of running determinately into the sunset while an orchestra plays a song for you about friendship, then you should check out Transformation Sequence. It's not exactly like that, but it is about anime. Perhaps rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. A 5-star review would be most satisfactory. Season 5 of Sayer was funded entirely through donations of listeners like Torin, M.K. Compi, Mark Spark, Edward Lee, Robert Zengari, David Saldana, Eddie Graves, Dan Skrotsky, Haley Daniel, Kyle Goodwill, Calabajui Labs, Stephen Cameron, David Frerix, Ashley O'Brien, Jesper Kultso Jorgensen, John Majernik, Luke Chazen, Tapicher, Samantha Bianchi, Brent Upton, Liz Babish, Estrella Turney, Kelly Konechik, Leif Jacobson, Alex Sutterfield, and Corey Jenkins. Thank you.